Lucrative Super has been a proud partner of the PFA since 2009 and offers PFA members the opportunity for one-on-one consultation and advice on your super at no additional cost. With Lucrative Super, you're a part of an industry super fund that's been providing solid, long-term returns and excellent service for the past 40 years. We care about giving back to our community. Lucrative Super, working for a better future. We've got a young star on the Footballer's Voice this week. Remy Seamson joins us, the Sydney FC goal scorer. How are you, Remy? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, very well indeed. And um, I can imagine that yourself and all the girls uh, at the Sky Blues are absolutely over the moon with your form at the moment. Um, Formidable force, but the job's not done. You need to close it out, uh, get that minor Premier's plate, and then, of course, get ready for finals. But how are you feeling about the, the season overall so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of our season so far, but I know that we're definitely not done yet, like you said. And I know the girls are in this in a similar boat where we know that we're not even at our best yet. So we're working extremely hard and we haven't had a few games in the last few weeks due to postponed games because of the weather as well as our bye week. So we came off the loss against Adelaide and we we're really upset about that. And we've been getting stuck in at training and we're feeling really good and we're super excited to all take the park tomorrow against Canberra. Beautiful work and uh, you're going very, very well. I think it's seven goals in 10 appearances. Um, what's the the secret? Why why is it clicked so well for you this season? Honestly, at the start of the season, anyone that was watching would have seen that. I was pretty unlucky not to get a goal or two in the first few rounds and I was actually putting so much unnecessary pressure on myself to score goals and as a striker, you're always wanting to score goals for your team and do your job well. So I was beating myself up a little bit at the start of the season and thankfully I have great teammates and a great support network and I had my coach Ante speak to me and he goes, just you need to back yourself and relax and just I believe in you and ever since he's had that conversation with me, I've just gone with it and I've been enjoying my football and just I love my team, girls of that calibre and I'm very fortunate that they're, they're assisting me and giving me great service and yeah, the goals are coming a lot more naturally now that I've taken that relax sort of approach and stop putting unnecessary pressure on myself. And yeah, I've just been enjoying it and the goals have been coming a lot more naturally. I want to talk to that a little bit more. I actually find it quite fascinating, even at just an elite level, uh, looking at some of the best strikers in women's and world football that go through these barren patches where they don't score for eight, 10, 12 games plus, And you start to think what's going on. And you often hear commentators talking about they're too in their heads and they need to chill and they need to relax all those things that you spoke about. But what does that actually feel like when you're unfortunately going through a barren patch? And is it just simply a case of you're overcomplicating it and there are just too many things going on inside your brain and that's why you can't naturally perform the way you want to? I think you've hit it on the head and everyone that's known me since I was a, a young one has said when I'm relaxed and having fun, I play my best football. And when I'm overthinking and uptight and constantly putting pressure on myself to get those goals, that's when I start overcomplicating it and overthinking the situation. So I've thankfully, like I said, had some really great people, some coaches that I reached out to and reached out to me and they're like, you just need to relax and enjoy this season and just remember that you can't base your game off goals because honestly, I felt like I could have been assisting. I could have been doing other things really well, but because I was so focused on not scoring and not doing that, it was really affecting me off the field. So once I took that uh, approach of just, 
believing in myself and my coaches having the belief in me to get the job done, I took a whole step, took a deep breath and just, yeah, relaxed and started having fun and the goals came a lot more naturally. And honestly, I'm in such a great headspace at the moment that I'm just really loving my football and loving playing with this team. So to lift the premiership trophy and the championship trophy with this group would be super special. Love that. Very good to hear. Now let's talk about off the field. I believe you've just started a Bachelor of Education primary school teaching with Swinburne Online. Um, why? Why did you want to? Why do you want to get into teaching? Is the real question. I have a, a lot of great role models around me actually that are teachers, and uh, Teresa Polias being one of them, our captain. She is a primary school teacher, and she's shown us that she can balance both being a primary school teacher and an elite athlete. And I think it's just important to have that education standpoint because you don't know what's going to happen in in the future just in case injuries may prevail or touch wood, we don't want that to happen. But it's always nice to have something outside of football to put your focus into as well. And thankfully, Swinburne has a great program and I was fortunate enough to be accepted into that course. And my mum's actually a high school teacher, so I see firsthand what she gets to do every day and she's been a huge inspiration for me. So to see her change people's lives as a teacher and, you know, teach students every day and get to know them on a personal level. It was definitely something that I was interested in. And yeah, I've been very fortunate to be surrounded by some great people that are teachers. And I thought, why not give it a go? And I'm loving it at the moment. It's my first trimester of uni. So it's been a big, a big transition and getting used to it, but I'm absolutely loving it. Yeah, it's definitely a noble occupation, uh, very fulfilling. I've seen it with a few of my friends and cousins and family members that are teachers. So I commend you for, for going down that route and hopefully you know, it comes to fruition. You, you want to do that in the future post-football. But um, I just also want to speak about a passion of yours, uh, disability sport. Um, had a wonderful chat to a few people on this topic throughout the footballer's voice journey, so to speak. Um, what I guess the, the, the big question when it comes to disability in sport that I've got to you is – are you attracted to it because of its inclusiveness? I've we've done a little bit of work with the disability sector and I love the way that they use different words to normalise, um, I guess, some of the hardships that these people go through um, with what, you know, are some, some learning difficulties or, or disabilities that um, other people don't have to face. Is the inclusiveness and trying to break down some barriers and some constructs so people look at it through just a normal lens. These are normal, um, average, everyday people like all of us. Is that something that really draws you to towards having a passion for that? Definitely. I think the inclusiveness is so important and I think that they're just great examples of being great athletes and great people. I reached out to Waterbility, um, a program up here in Sydney where you get to spend the day with people with disabilities and you get to know them and their everyday lives and maybe take them to the beach or go get a coffee with them. And I would love to do something like that because they're just like us. They enjoy getting a coffee. They enjoy going to the beach. And I think it would just be super rewarding and getting to know their stories as well. And as well as building friendships and relationships and yeah, they'd be friends like any other of my friends. And it's just something I've always wanted to tap into and really get involved with. So hopefully when my schedule dies, dies down a bit after the season and my, get my uni schedule sorted, I can start working and volunteering with Wattability. I also had a bit of interest to work with some athletes from the Paralympics. So that would be really cool for me because being an athlete and seeing other athletes perform at the highest level, that would be awesome. So 
it's definitely a sector that I'm really interested in and I would love to be involved. You've obviously got a lot on your plate, which is fantastic, and you definitely sound like a bit of a go-getter. But one of the the topics that often gets brought up with a lot of athletes um, doesn't have to necessarily be football, but it's just the mental health aspect of trying to juggle so many different things and then you throw social media into the conversation. And um, I've got pretty strong opinions on that, and I'm probably a little bit more old school. And you're probably in that sweet spot of someone that – has to, I guess, deal with social media and the implications that, that come with it. Um, well, I guess where where do you kind of see uh, youngsters or people in their late teens or people in their early 20s at the moment, where do you find the challenges in trying to balance so many different elements in their life? Because when I grew up, things were so simple for me. I, I grew up on a on a farm and I had a Nokia when I was 16 and I could only play the snakes and ladders thing on it or whatever it was. And there wasn't this proliferation of so many things that I could do a digitally. Um, and now I think B, uh, there are a whole range of different things that you can do as a result of technology as well. So I just feel like even looking at my cousin who's 18, that just there's this smorgasbord of activities, whether they be physical um, or digital that he's taking on board. And I think to myself, God, if if I got that thrown at myself back in the day, I don't know if I would have been able to cope with it. So what is it like kind of growing up in this day and age, particularly for someone who's a very busy person? I think it's just been such a big part of our lives for the last five or six years with Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. I try personally to keep as busy as possible and not go on my phone because there is a lot of negativity involved with social media and there's a lot of comparison that gets brought in and people start comparing themselves to other people that may look like they have their lives completely together. It looks, it's almost Instagram or a social media platform can really be a facade for a lot of people. And it looks like you're constantly having to live a life that you're not really living. And I try and keep busy. I go for surfs, so I can't be on my phone. I like to catch up with friends and put my phone away, but it is so incorporated into our lives that it's pretty hard not to go on it and not read comments and not post on social media to stay relevant. So I like to use my platform to really be my authentic self. If I'm going to go for a surf, yeah, I might post a photo, but I don't want to live on it and I don't want to waste my time constantly being on something that's at the end of the day, not that important. Uh, I would rather be living every day and fulfilling my day with actions and activities and seeing people. And yeah, I think technology has really taken a big part in us becoming more antisocial. And I'm not, I, I like social media for the fact that you can use it in a positive way and as a good platform and you can be a great role model for other kids and get to connect with people worldwide. I think there's a lot of positives with social media, but mm. like you said, there's a lot of negatives to it. I think it wastes a lot of people's time. And now that I'm started uni, I don't even have time to go on social media nowhere near as much as I used to. And I think with the mental health side of things, when you start comparing yourselves to other people who look like they have it together or they're maybe an, a social media influencer or something like that, that's when the mental health side of things, you start sort of going into those darker side of things. I, I know that in COVID, obviously not having training and not being around your teammates, you did get glued to your phone because there wasn't much to do. And I noticed that my mental health was taking a bit of a toll, just being so warped into the social media side of things. So I like to keep fit. I like to go on walks. I like to walk my dog, go to the beach, go for a surf and just 
really embrace being outside because as a kid I was never on technology I never played Mm. video games I never we didn't have that as kids we were outside playing in the street with our neighbors so um like I said I think that if you are going to use social media maybe just balance it with your social with your real social life and don't waste your time or energy on something that's at the end of the day not that important because living your life to the fullest and knowing people that have suffered a lot through mental health situations, I think that we just need to live every day and be grateful for what we have and, you know, not go on social media and waste your time when you can be at the beach and embracing a, a sunny, beautiful day like today. I'm just going to pick you up, the, up on that word important. Do you think young people place too much of an importance on these platforms and living this facade or vicariously living through these platforms do you think that there is too much of an emphasis placed on them I think so yeah I think that's like I said where the comparison comes in and we're all worried about what other people are thinking of us and that's when all that doubt and worry start to come in and you start to become a little bit insecure I think and that's when we're searching for that assurance from other people on social media oh they liked my post oh they commented on my post so I know for me that I've gone through um, a few anxiety um, situations and I know that a lot of it stemmed from social media because I was so worried about what other people were thinking of me. And once I reached out to, you know, people that are a great support network, like a sports psychologist and stuff like that, I started taking my time away from things that, like I said, aren't really that important at the end of the day. Um, I don't think that social media should be such a massive part in your life that you have to be on it for eight hours a day. Mm. Um, so I, I resulted in going to the beach and surfing and finding my passions and other hobbies that I get to be outside and get active and, um, get to connect with people face to face. And during COVID that was really hard. And I noticed that I was FaceTiming a lot of people because I actually missed that social interaction in, in real life. So I think that if you can, reduce your time on screen time and you can get outside, I, I highly recommend it because you'll feel so good for it. We'll wrap up with uh, Sydney FC again. So what's the messaging in the camp at the moment? Because clearly there's a massive opportunity to win a couple of trophies and really go all the way. Um, I know, and I'm prob- probably putting words in your mouth, but right now where you sit, it would probably be bitter- bitterly disappointing not to do the double. Um, you're in such a a good position. Um, what's the messaging in the camp? How do you kind of keep level-headed so you stay on task? As a group, we know we can't be complacent. We know how important the next game and all the next two games are for us. And we've said from the outset and from day one of preseason, our goals as a team was to lift the premiership trophy and lift the championship trophy. And we know that the job is not done. Uh, This week has been such a hard week and good week of training. We feel sharp. We've had a bit of changing and chopping due to the weather, but we've all adapted really well. And we know that, like I said, the job isn't done and we're all very excited to play tomorrow and I can feel a very good vibe around the group. And I just hope that we can go in and start the game well and hopefully get those three points and lift that championship trophy because I really believe in this group and it's been an absolute pleasure to play alongside Um, such a nice group and a very talented group at that. You look at the depth of our team, anyone can come on and get the job done. So uh, it'd be very, very special for me. It'd be my first piece of silverware in the W League uh, with a team. So that's something that I've really wanted to work towards and that's been a goal of mine forever. And I know that the girls in this group have the same 
direction and motivation to get that job done. So fingers crossed we can do it and we're working really hard and we're going to make sure that we don't leave anything uh, on the table. Remy, it's been awesome to chat to you. Uh, for what it's worth, I hope that you score the, score the winner in the granny if you get there. <laughs> Thank um, you. Thank and you. Uh, very, very wise for your age. I really enjoyed some of your opinions, particularly around mental health and social media because um, it's a topic that people could speak about all day. There are so many different variables and ramifications attached to it. So it is nice to get an opinion from someone that um, has lived through that, that age um, and someone um, who looks at it from a from a different angle. So I do appreciate the, uh, the openness and I really enjoyed chatting to you. So thanks for jumping on. Thanks so much for having me on. It was a great chat. Thank you.